This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hey there, super babies. As promised, while we work our way through the BSC super specials, we're going to be dropping the occasional pilot for a possible show that we might do uh, when we've run out of BSC books to discuss. So please enjoy this exciting pilot episode of the Sweet Sweet Valley Boys, and then tune back in next week for our discussion of BSC super special number four, Babysitter's Island Adventure. Well, hello there. Hello, sir. <clears throat> uh, nice to make your acquaintance. My name is Tanner Greenring. What's your name? Sorry, I kind of flubbed my own name there. Sorry, let me just... Engineer, can we take it back to the start? You know, I once flubbed my own name at the Canadian border. The Jack Shepard is the most, like, yeah, plain white name I've ever heard in my life. How do you I screw that up? I fucking panicked. I got there. I was like, it's going to be super easy. It doesn't matter that like I have a bunch of like illicit Friars. Like, Ritalin like hiding in the car. <laughs> like, don't worry about it. Uh, just be cool. Hand him your passport. And he was like, hello, sir. Um, what's your name? And I was like, Jack Shmup. Uh, uh, sorry. <laughs> Jack Shepard. <laughs> um, and then we got kicked out of Canada. You were like a regular. Um, gosh, what's his name? Rick Andover? Rick Andover. We're going to get into that. But first of all, <laughs> this is the Sweet, Sweet Valley Boys That's podcast. the name we landed on. And I'm Sweet Valley Jack. Oh. Okay. Okay. I'm Tanner Greenring. Come on. Come on. My name is Tanner Greenring, and this is a pilot for a new show that we're testing out we're kind of mm-hmm. like kicking the tires on this new property with your boys sweet valley jack and tanner green ring yep <laughs> uh you may know us from our last show which mm-hmm. is actually still ongoing by the time this is recorded and released called mm-hmm. the babysitter's club club in which we read every single book in the babysitter's club canon mm-hmm. by ann the knife martin mm-hmm. uh but that shit is played <laughs> That's that's so 2015, and it's 2018 now. At least. At least. So yeah. we're doing some new shit, and that new shit is called the Sweet Valley High Books. It's called the Sweet Sweet Valley Boys with me, Sweet Valley Jack. And me, Tanner Greenring. Yep. The Sweet Valley High Books are written by a woman mm-hmm. named Francine Pascal. But are they? Or... <laughs> you know it blew me away with this book this what? is the first sweet valley high book yeah it's called double love yeah and it was created by francine pascal francine so we've read a bunch of books by ann and martin mm-hmm. about the babysitter's club and Anne. we call her ann we call her ann we're very familiar with her she did some yeoman's work she wrote 35 books and then she sat down and she wrote... 35 books is a lot of books. That's a lot of books. I've never written 35 books. No. 
you you've only written one, and you needed a co-author, and it was a compilation of other people's writing. <laughs> yeah, and wrote thirty-five books, and then she sat down with a gentleman named the Leviathan, a shadowy mm-hmm. figure, and worked out the entire story arc for His the real next name one. Is David Levitan, by the way, uh, okay. listeners, <laughs> he's the like executive producer of Scholastic now. Okay, fine. You can't bring that show's lore into this, <laughs> this me, new show. <laughs> let me finish my sentence here. Then she sat down with David Levitin, the executive producer of Scholastic, and mapped out the entirety of the next 100 or so novels. What Francine has done here, and I kind of respect her for it, is nothing. <laughs> nothing. She came up with a concept and then made... Kate yeah. William, write the it damn thing. Blew my mind. It was just I, the first page of this novel. It said, "Created by Francine Pascal, Double Love, Sweet Valley High, Number One, written by Kate William." Um, <laughs> now I didn't notice that. I should probably set the scene here. I read these books as a boy. Oh, you did. Yeah. Because your thing about the whole Babysitters Club canon was you read a lot of those as a boy too. Yes. So you just read a lot of these books aimed at traditional f- young female audiences yes. as a traditionally young male boy. My cousin is this is something that people who listen to the Babysitters Club Club early podcast will be familiar with. My Pip. cousin had a library. Should we was, say? Are we allowed to say her name? Pip. Pip. My cousin Pip had a library in her home that was full of all of the Babysitter's Club books up until whenever this was, probably 1989. Okay. And all of the Sweet Valley High books. Wow. And I read a bunch of them. There are a lot of these fucking Sweet Valley High books. 144, well, these girls according have... to Pascal's intro letter. These girls have a lot to do. I was also surprised, Jack. Sweet Here's... Valley, Jack. Uh, Sweet Valley Jack. Here's a preconceived notion I was laboring under um, until I read this book today. I thought this was a ripoff of The Babysitter's Club. No. This came out three years before The Babysitter's Club. And they don't babysit anyone. No, they don't babysit anyone. And I don't know what happens in book number two. I've only read book number one. Yeah. But it appears that it only tracks the life of these Wakefield girls. girls, Yeah. not Jessica. uh, and cast Elizabeth. of characters from a babysitting club. Wakefield. I would say, Tanner, that I'm very much a Jessica, and you are very much an Elizabeth. You think I am an Elizabeth and you are a Jessica? Yes. I agree with that, because Jessica is a heinous B-word. <laughs> well, oh, Just and like Elizabeth you. is a ton of fun. Elizabeth is a down-to-earth, smart, intelligent, attractive, still attractive, is what you forgot there. Elizabeth, they, they both look exactly as attractive, so don't use that against me. Elizabeth is the type of girl who literally often, often, her words, often thinks about how lucky she is. Yeah. Here's a quote from the book. That tiny dent cost $200 to fix, Elizabeth, again scolding Jessica, said yeah. dryly, wishing her sister would stop complaining and let her enjoy the drive through the valley. As she did very often, Elizabeth thought about how lucky she and Jessica were to live in Sweet Valley. Everything about it was terrific. I think Terrific. That That's something you would say. If I, I would say terrific. If yeah. I had to say who you and I were, I would say I am more of a Bruce Patman. <laughs> okay. And you're more of a um, Rick Andover. No, um, 
this is a problem with the, this new text is like I don't know anyone's characters yet. You're more of a Weenie Rollins. Weenie Rollins. Oh, sorry. Maybe you know her better as Enid Rollins. Oh yeah, sorry. That's what Jessica calls her. Yeah, just un- deeply unfair. Yeah. Enid. Yeah, Enid is cool. I like Enid. I'll take that. She's got, and you would she's agree smart. that I'm a uh, Bruce. Yeah, you're kind of the most Patman. handsome dude. Drives a Porsche. Yeah, comes from the richest family in all Sweet Valley. Yeah, super handsome. Very, very good looking. Everyone in this book is handsome except Winston Egbert. Yeah, <laughs> you I can am tell definitely a Winston Egbert. <laughs> yeah, Sweet Valley heads. You can tell from the names of the people whether they're handsome or not. Yeah, Bruce. Patman. Some of the people have dork names. Yeah, Tanner Greenring is a pretty. You know what? Oh, what? shit. Tanner Greenring in the in the Valley verse would Mm-mm. definitely D&D. be a dork name. It'd be like yeah. a D D fantasy nerd. Yeah. And yeah. Jack Shepard would be like oh, Captain, Captain of the, of the Lacrosse. Team. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like drives a oh, Fiat. He, oh no, a he, would drive like, he would drive like a Subaru. He'd be like real down to earth. Like okay. rich, handsome, cool, but also like accessible. Yeah. So more of an Elizabeth partner than a jessica partner well jessica goes for everybody we're gonna learn jessica's about a horn dog yeah here's something we never talked about in the babysitters club books mm-hmm. sex or sexuality because right. those girls were 13 year old girls yeah it's we hard to avoid in uncomfortable this. but these girls are horny okay and all the boys around them are horny mm-hmm. and there's a lot of sex sex and sexual tension in these books who told you about them Elizabeth asked, her heart thumping. It's all over school, Liz. Everybody's talking about it. They were driving around the other day in your mom's red convertible. Oh. They were even seen up at Miller's Point, Kara continued. And you know what goes on up there? Kissing. Oh, that's what you think it is. Because I was wondering whether it was milling. Like crushing grain. Huh. Like threshing. Huh. But you think it's kissing. I assumed it was kissing, but you've got a good point. It would be called kissing point. Right, exactly. If it was a kissing point. Or like lover's leap or something. Right, where you lover's leap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so this is an interesting mythology you're setting up here in our first yeah. episode, is that everything in the in the valley verse is literal. Very, totally literal, yeah. Yeah. It is a literally a sweet valley. Yeah. That's, what, that's the passage I read you earlier. Where Elizabeth thinks that it's terrific, the gently rolling hills, the quaint downtown area, and the fantastic white sand beach only 15 minutes away. That's a sweet valley. That is a sweet valley. Do and they we... can't live up on the hill like the Patmans. Oh, no. Not like no. me and my family, Bruce no. Patman. No, you're more like me and my family, Weenie Rollins. <laughs> Should we should we tell the story of this novel? That's what I was gonna say. I yeah. think one thing that's always been helpful from our and I I don't if you're a new listener, hello, welcome. Yeah. This is a new show. We're gonna do our best to keep you entertained and mm-hmm. engaged. One thing that I think is helpful is that a lot of people haven't read these books since they were young teens or preteens in nineteen eighty three. I've read this book four times. <laughs> This book predates me. Did you know that? That's fucked up, huh? 1984? I was born in 84. This book came out in 83. Oh, I was already pushing four. Yeah, you were like reading at a high school level. Yeah. Anyway, 
it's been a while since a lot of you have read this, I assume, and you're going to want a recap of what exactly happened in this book. There's a lot of ways we can do this, Jack. This is a pilot episode. This is exploratory. Yeah. We can kind of probe here a little bit and see what feels right to us. Okay. I don't know. Do you have suggestions maybe about how you want to handle the recaps? We had a method on our last show. Yeah. Here's how we do it. We tell the story of the show in a couple minutes time. Okay. Each person oh, takes oh, it. Oh, I know where you're headed. You say one word, I say one word, you say one word, I say one word. And we do that for two minutes. That's exactly what I was saying, except yeah. maybe with sentences. Oh. Do you want to try it with words first? That's less fun. Let's do Exquisite Corpse. Okay. I am a doofus. Well. <laughs> <laughs> now, does that count for me because I started the sentence? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you start a description of a novel with I loved this novel about twin girls named Jessica and Elizabeth? This is unlistenable. I know. I'm telling you, we should do, we could do it piece by piece. Okay. Do we want to put a timer on ourselves to kind of give it a little uh... joie de vivre? Sure, that's what that's what I was searching for. Lust for life. Lust for life. Two minutes. Okay. Okay. Do you? Oh, you want me to do it? Of course, you want me to do it. Well, do I it. have my notes up on my phone, and you're up on my computer. So what? Else, what am I supposed to do? To fucking find a way, man. Oh wait, Siri. Hey Siri. Start a two-minute timer. Oh, it's going. Um, okay, uh, okay, okay. you start. You go. Uh, this book is the first book in the series. Oh, great. It's called we Double We just do Love. one sentence, it's about Jessica. right? Just now, what one... do we do? Let's, uh, Siri. Hey, Siri. Oh, Jesus, come on. Stop. Do one th- complete thought about the novel. Okay. Let's not be literalist about it. Okay. Do you get was, it? Yep. So I'll say a complete thought. You say a complete thought. I'll say a complete when, thought. Right. And we'll try thought. to get through the whole fucking thing. This is a this is going to be a train wreck. Well, and not if you try. Hey Siri, start a timer for two minutes. A timer is already running at one minute and seventeen seconds. Would you like to replace it? <laughs> yes, please. Okay, your new timer is running at two minutes. Why does your Siri have a? Australian. She's accent. from New Zealand. Okay. This is the story of Jessica and Elizabeth Wakefield, two twins who live in Sweet Valley, California. One of them is evil, one of them is good, and the evil one, Jessica, is has designs on the crush of the good one, Elizabeth, a boy named Todd Wilkins, captain of the basketball team. I disagree. I think they're both evil. Uh Jessica manipulates Elizabeth and Todd and um, tries to take over their relationship, hijack their relationship and invite Todd to the, uh, the, the Greek life dance that's happening at their high school, which I don't totally understand. Um, And in the course of doing that, she tells a bunch of lies about Elizabeth, uh, including insinuating that Elizabeth goes on dates with basically fucking everybody. And then later she uh, gets in a car with a guy named Rick Andover and they go to Kelly's Tavern, and while there, Rick gets too drunk and gets a little handsy with Jess, and he gets in a fight when a man steps in and 
uh, the police come and break it up and drive Jessica home. And, and a girl in the neighborhood sees Jessica getting out of the car and thinks it's Elizabeth. And Jessica allows that rumor to spread, causing Todd Wilkins not to like Elizabeth anymore and to ask Jessica to dance instead. So Elizabeth goes with this nerd called Winston something. Egbert. Egbert. And uh, suffers greatly because at the hands of her sister, Jess. And has her reputation ruined. Meanwhile, um, their brother Steve is in town, and he it seems like he's dating this bad girl, and it's going to bring shame on the family, but it turns out he's dating that girl's sister. C-plot. C-plot. Ned Wakefield might be cheating on uh, Alice Wakefield with his fellow attorney, this woman Se- named the sexy Marianne, Mariana. West, Mariana West. Um, is that it? Oh, that's it. We're out of time. Okay. So we never wrapped it up. We, I think we did a, a surprisingly good job there. I think we'll get better and better at it. Yeah. That's a very difficult thing to do. Yeah. Let's just quickly wrap it up. It turns out that Ned is not having an affair with Mariana West. He is trying to work hard to get her promoted to partner at their law firm. Right. Um, there's a sneaky D-plot in there about the so- the football field. Mm, I want to talk about that a little bit later, so we'll get okay. into that. And then at the end of the novel, um, Todd and Elizabeth have a much needed and postponed interface. Yeah. Where they confront the fact that they both have heard a lot of rumors about one another, all of which were started and spread by Jessica Wakefield. Oh, yeah. Fucking Jessica. Then they attempt to drown Jessica Wakefield. She's, they do attempt to drown Jessica Wakefield at the end of this. Jessica does this thing where she like snakes. I'm not a. I I have issues with both of these girls. I'm just. This is what I was saying during the recap. They're both evil in different ways. Both evil in different ways. One is an enabler. Yeah. And a pushover. One of them is a monster, a sociopath. There's no question Jessica's a sociopath. Yeah. She tries to snake Todd out from Elizabeth by telling a number of lies, mostly about Elizabeth. And then she wants to do lip. Can we say this on the podcast? Lip kissing? Oh, I wouldn't say. <clears throat> oh. No? Okay. I would maybe just say lip stuff. She wants to do lip stuff. That's, yeah, I, that seems worse. She wants her lips on the lips of the man. Oh, hey. Come okay. on, man. <sighs> I, well, I got... <sighs> lip intimacy? She, <laughs> she wants to be... She wants her lips to be intimate with a man's lips. She wants her lips to be intimate with a man's lips, and that it man's makes me uncomfortable saying it. is Todd Wilkins. Yes, and he seems very handsome. He's got dark hair, dark eyes. He's the captain of the basketball team. And that's This is after the, they do a sexy dance. Can I say that? I would say that's how it's described. She though. does an intimate dance. Yeah, in his direction. In his direction. And he's there. Oh, he's there. Yeah. So she does an intimate dance in his direction, and he's there at the dance. Yes. And then when they get back, he drops her off, and she wants to have lip intimacy. Also in his direction, and he's there. But what does he do? He puts his lips on her cheek. That's fine to say. Yes. So she does the what anyone would do in that situation. Right. And makes up a story about how he sexually assaulted her. Mm-hmm. And spreads that rumor throughout all of Sweet Valley. Right. Including to her sister Elizabeth, who vows to end her. She seems like she's in love with Todd. This feels well, who real Who would to be me. so handsome? So handsome. But... 
kind of a square as well, because when Elizabeth is blamed for the Rick Andover thing, what Jessica did with Rick Andover was not that bad. She got in a car with this like bad boy. And he took he's her to a very, very a bad boy. <laughs> he's a very bad boy. We, he's I, 17. Yeah. She's 16. Yeah. They get in his Camaro. Camaro. Is it a Camaro? Yeah. And it's got an eagle on. No, he's got yeah. an eagle tattoo. It's so cool. He's, he's, uh, he, I don't want to say he's cool because he's bad. Yeah, but he's he, like a bad All right, we got to talk about him. I just want to finish that thought. When Todd thinks that Elizabeth is the person who got in the car with fucking Andover and ended up coming back in a squad car because there was a fight at the bar. Right. Todd is like aghast. He's like, how could Elizabeth do this? I could never love a fallen woman like that. Like, fuck you, Todd. Yeah, he's like a prince in like a romance novel. Yeah, grim. But so here's what Rick, let's talk about Rick Andover. Because I hate him. What a bad man. <laughs> you hate him. Here's what, here's the thing that he says. Uh, here, well, here's something I'll say very okay. quickly, just to address this right up top. Yeah. I hate everyone in this book. Uh, what about Enid Rollins? Hater. She seems fine. Actually, Enid's the only cool one because she like is very loyal. What about Steve? Steve. Steve is, is great. Steve Wakefield is great. Older well, brother. Well, Steve has issues. Because he has some prejudices that he needs to get past. Yeah, so he's da- Steve is dating this girl called... She's poor. She's poor. Steve is dating this girl who's poor. And she breaks up with him because he's, not, he's like, patronizing about it. He's like, that doesn't matter to me. But it fucking does. He, like, won't be seen out in public with her. Right. Yeah. And then he feels terrible about it, and he goes and apologizes, and he's it's mighty big of him, but it's also, like, I'm slightly dubious of somebody who, for whom that is a problem. No offense if you're like a, a, a listener who's like a snobby rich person who right. refuses to date someone below their social class. Like we want all listeners. Or a listener who's poor who is in a relationship with someone who is wealthier than they are and feels yeah. self-conscious about that fact. Everyone's welcome to listen. Right. But that doesn't make well, Steve – no. Okay. I would – I don't – like let's – Let's not – let's not – we don't – I think the more listeners we get – it's probably better for us, both financially and just in terms of our profile. Okay. I'm worried about, like... And the success of the brand. You know, Sweet Sweet like... Valley Boys. Sweet, I have this already have this cool name, Sweet Valley Jack. That's going to be on t-shirts. I guess I'm worried about, like, the all right. Well, don't say that. Well, okay. Great. Well, no, we... Okay. Do you think that this is going to, like, get posted on, like, 4chan or something? I think... I'm just worried that the all right might... You like so, super into it. I let me just walk. Let me walk through what I think you're saying. Yeah, you think that that there's a good chance, a chance that is big enough that it rises to the threshold of you worrying about it. That the alt right is going to get their hands on our Sweet Valley High podcast. I think they will certainly get their hands on it. What I'm <laughs> yeah. worried is what I'm worried about is that they will enjoy it. Yeah, okay. and feel welcome to oh, enjoy. Oh, and then those guys are running around wearing Sweet Valley Jack T-shirts, right. and that's bad for my brand. That's bad for okay. your brand. All right, guys, you're banned. you're not welcome to listen. Yeah, everyone else, every background, we're fine. Okay, Rick Andover. Well, okay, what? Come on, I just think there's other things that we want to be careful of. Do we really want to name all bad things? I don't want to name all bad things, but I want to be... I'm thinking about you here, man. I'm thinking if we have merch. Yeah. And one of the things says, I'm Sweet Valley Jack. Yeah. 
and it's and like a, uh, a cannibal is wearing that. <laughs> you want that? The Sweet Sweet Valley Boys' favorite podcast of cannibals, cannibals. in the alt right. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you want. Cannibals, That's... you're not allowed to listen. I'm sorry. Okay, it's just a decision we've made. Great. Well, we just cut our audience in half. I, we were talking about people we like in this book, and I think that's useful. Steve Wakefield, I question some of his decisions, but I think he's cool. They have, he has this cool thing he does with Elizabeth that's funny where they like they pretend each other are – actually, now I'm thinking about it. It's not that cool. It's pretty problematic. Because they're both so beautiful. Yeah. And she's like, we do this funny thing where we pretend each other are ugly even though we're the most beautiful people in the entire fucking town. We do this thing where we pretend we're poor. Yeah. <laughs> and it's okay. just, it's so novel. <laughs> Steve seems cool. Mariana seems cool. Winston Egbert is cool. He's a nerd, but he seems, I like him. Enid Rollins is cool. Here's another thing Steve does. Yeah. He forces his sisters to make him food all the time. That's Like fine. he shows up, he's in college, so he's like 20. Yeah. Oh, and, and all college. of the girls' girlfriends want a piece yeah, of yeah, Steve Wakefield. Yeah. yeah, he's very handsome. Yeah, imagine you know the Wakefield twins and how beautiful they are. Yeah, imagine that as like a super handsome dude who's like twenty. I'm imagining Steve Wakefield. Ooh, rock me to sleep. Anyway, okay. <laughs> he shows up at the Wakefield home, comes yeah. home from college, and sits down with Elizabeth and does this whole bit about like, wouldn't it be funny if we were ugly and poor? Yeah, and then he's like, oh, by the way, like, babe, would you mind? Like, I'm pretty hungry. Right. And Elizabeth is like, oh, I guess I'll I'll make you a sandwich. He's like, great. Yeah. So this is a guy you admire. Well, and they, yeah, I, I look up to him. And they initially think that he's dating not Trisha Martin, this poor but honest girl, but Trisha Martin's sister, Betsy Martin. And here's what Elizabeth says. Jess, are you sure? I can't believe it. Betsy's been doing drugs for years. She sleeps around. And her father gets bombed out of his mind every night. Jessica well, said wildly. Nothing wrong with that. I don't. I right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we should clarify, um, listeners. We're going to yeah. have to isolate a uh, term yeah. of endearment for sweeties? our listeners. Oh, sweeties is really nice. nice, actually. Okay. It's nice. Yeah. Sweeties. Sweeties. God, you're good at that. Sweeties. Yeah. That's just, okay. that's the first thing that came to you? Yeah. That's really nice. Yeah. Sweeties. Yeah. So we should clarify, sweeties, that <laughs> Jack and I do drink while we listen to this show. And we do drink quite a bit. Yeah. So we're all like Mr. Martin, except our wives didn't die of leukemia. Yet. No, okay. <laughs> we're, we're preemptively drinking just in case that happens. <laughs> you want to have a routine And neither going? of us have daughters. You don't want to start drinking when that happens. You want yeah. to already know how. You want a good head of steam on that. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to defend Betsy Martin a little bit. Like, she's promiscuous and she's been doing drugs for years. And her dad is a drunk. That's not... I don't think that those facts in and of themselves are totally disqualifying. Well, especially in 1983. Like... Yeah. Everyone was doing drugs and having sex in 1983. Yeah, everybody was hopped up on coke. That's totally fine. Yeah. 
Um, I think that there's another redeemable character in this book, and his okay. name is Winston Egbert. Winston Egbert's great. He's a nerd. He's a big nerd. He does a really fun thing. So uh, when Todd and Jess go to the Phi Beta Kappa dance, don't ask me why there's a fucking sorority. In why the high is there school. a Greek life? At this high school, I can't. I we'll get there's into a, it. There's a, a fraternity and a sorority, and I assume others, right? Yeah, there's anyway, not just one of each. Jess goes with Todd, and Todd goes to pick her up, and Winston Egbert shows up and steals the fucking show. Todd and Winston stood in the living room waiting for Elizabeth and Jessica. Gone were the school uniforms of jeans and t-shirts. Both wore neatly pressed cords, shirts, and... T- These fucking losers. Shirts and ties and sports coats. Sorry. 83. 83. Out. It was 83. Elizabeth, <laughs> Elizabeth was the first to come down the stairs, and both Todd and Winston watched her descend. The white strapless dress was perfect with her tan skin and blonde hair. All right, Francine, we get it. She's beautiful. Yeah. She kept the bright smile on her face even when she saw Todd. Why couldn't she and Winston have been gone before Todd arrived, she asked herself. Winston nervously looked toward the stairs as if he were expecting someone else. Then he nearly threw himself at Elizabeth's feet. Do a Spread- good Winston voice here. Okay, fine. Do, like, I know nerdy? you're capable. Yes, very nerdy, Jack. Okay, all right. I'm going to have to dig deep because I'm kind of a bad boy Jessica Wakefield type of dude. Yeah. Oh, do you so want me to do it? I'll, I can do I it. I can summon nerd pretty easily. I think I can do it. It's like a gonna... 10% tweak for me. Okay. Spreading his arms wide and looking upward, he declared, I've died! Hang on. Is that good? <laughs> Very good. Okay. Right. You know what? The thing about that that the sweeties aren't going to be able to understand is the... The expression? The, like, the face you made and yeah. like the clenching you did of your shoulders. It was just like, it was perfect. I really inhabited the role. Okay, I'm going to yeah. try again. I'm going to get through the whole thing. Spreading his arms wide and looking upward, he declared, I've died. I've died and gone to heaven. Getting up, he made a grand bow. Princess Elizabeth, you are totally, totally, that's what you are, Liz Wakefield. Totally. Good. Good um, impression. And then fucking Jessica gets, like, furious because he steals the show and, like, spoils her ent- entrance. She's wearing this thing. I- I'm going to tell you what she's wearing. I didn't I didn't know what any of these terms mean, so I'm just – I'm what I'm imagining is crazy. Yeah, I didn't really get any of it either. It seemed very outside my realm. Yeah. Did I say blue and slinky? As Elizabeth nodded, Jessica continued. It has a hang – It's a slinky? It's a, it's blue and slinky, so I'm imagining like a blue slinky, basically. Right. Me too. Okay, and so it has it has a handkerchief hemline, so maybe it's a blue slinky, and it's like handkerchiefs are like in between the. I don't know wires. what a hemline is. I think that's like the bottom part of the slinky, like in between where one ring of the slinky meets the other ring of the slinky. That's called a hemline, and you okay. you got to otherwise you you would see your skin, so you have to put a handkerchief material. Okay. And wait for so the next thing says This is making a lot of sense to me so far. And wait till you hear this, Lizzie. Spaghetti straps. Literal spaghetti? I don't know. Assume, I assume cooked. Well, I would think that if it's cooked, it would break. You want it to be you want it to be rigid. No, I thought if it was rigid it would break. Okay. And also not formed to like the shape of a shoulder. Okay, so it's cooked spaghetti spaghetti straps and a neckline so low Todd will be painting. Oh, panting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very confusing. Is this like so for 
we once had a we once were given tips mm. by a professional audio producer who's mm-hmm. produced a number of uh, very excellent mm-hmm. podcasts and successful podcasts. That one thing you want to do is segments because it helps mm. it helps add some breaks to the show. It helps people kind of like it's some familiarity. You can kind of keep coming back to them over and over again. Yeah. Now is is what you're doing a segment? Yeah, it's called Jess's dress. Oh, dress Jess. Dress. Let's dress Jess. Let's dress Jess. I, well, okay, yeah. Jess's dress. No, what do you think? No, you say Jess's dress, and I say let's dress Jess. Okay. How about that? Hey Tanner, I want to talk to you today about Jess's dress. Let's dress Jess. This week she's wearing a slinky. Let me let's take another run at that. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, try to make it feel natural. Yeah. <clears throat> <clears throat> All right, sweeties. It's time for it's that time of the day when we dr- talk about a fashion fairy tale. Fashion model change her dress. She becomes a magic princess. Jess's dress. Fashion model light up princess. Let's dress Jess. Let's dress Jess. Ba-da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> Okay, and then we already did it, but like, let's keep yeah. that in mind for next time when yeah. we do the segment. It's Just called let's dress. Jess. It's called Jess's dress. Let's dress Jess. I need to. I fucking need to t- talk to you more about Rick Andover and what he says. Okay, here's what Rick. I thought we were talking about Jess's dress. Well, we did. Oh, we already though. talked about it. Yeah, she's wearing a slinky, right? She's wearing a big slinky covered in handkerchiefs, and it makes Todd paint. And it makes Todd paint. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I got to paint over some of that neckline. He's so inspired. Yeah, she is his muse. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but uh, she gets furious because she's wearing that, and uh, Egbert steals the show with his his nerd act. Yeah, very cool nerd act. Yeah, and Jess is like, "This is fucking bullshit." I was going to come down the stairs, and and like everyone was going to be awed by my neckline. Yeah, and then Todd's just like, "Oh, hey, hey. Todd, Todd," and I felt for Jess here. I gotta say, growing up, when I read these books, I I thought Elizabeth was great. I didn't quite get that she's just a terrible square. And I hated Jessica. Is there anyone in the world who doesn't hate Jessica, sweeties, if you're listening? Yeah. She's more interesting. She's awful. She's awful. The things that she does are unforgivable. She's a sociopath. She's a sociopath. At the end of it, when Elizabeth is like, Jessica, like, you fucking almost ruined my life. You took my boyfriend. You told me that he was sexually assaulted you. Right. You, like, spread this rumor all around school that I have been, like, taken home in a squad car and it ruined my social life. Uh, And then Jessica just starts crying. Right. And she's like, I love you. Elizabeth's like, I can't stay mad at you. Jessica always does this thing where she like wor- like manipulates and worms her way out of any kind of blame. And then like somehow manages to turn the blame back on whoever's accusing her. It's infuriating, but she's much more interesting. Um, here's what Francine says. Pascal. Francine says some shit. Yeah. Oh, I feel like we're on first name basis. Okay. Here's what Francine says. So she does – so – Anne Martin does her happy reading. She does a little author's note at the end. Francine wants you to feel her presence right away. If this is something that was added after, because she's like, she already addressed the fact that she had written 144, or well, she had conceived of the idea that ended up birthing 144 of these books. Right. 
But she, at the beginning of this novel, says, Dear reader, unlike the Sleeping Beauty version of romance novels where the heroine has to wait for the wake-up kiss, in my series, the girls would drive the action, and there would be two of them, the good and the bad in all of us. So does that mean that Elizabeth is the good and Jessica is the bad, or they both represent the good and the bad in all of us, and without the two together, you can't get the full picture of man's fallen state. I don't think there's any part of me that – I think I have bad in me. I don't think there's any oh, part of me I don't that is so. as bad as Jessica Wakefield. No. Jessica no. Wakefield is bad. You wouldn't know. If Rick Andover invited you into his car, you would, you'd be a puddle well, of fear. I'm a 35-year-old man. And you would be a puddle of fear. If this super chill like dude came up to me, he's like, hey, I'm going to Kelly's. Do you want to go? I'd be like, yeah. But that's not what he would say. He would roll down the window of his Camaro. He would turn to you. You're walking along the street just minding me. your own fucking business. Tanner Green You. The, the Camaro fucking speeds up. Yeah. It screeches to a halt. This fucking good-looking but dangerous man who smells of gasoline and leather. Okay. Cool. Turns to you, leans his. I'm not arm, sexually attracted to men, let alone 17 year old men. But like, leans his. Arm I recognize that he's like a cool dude on the window. He looks at you with his smoldering eyes, and he says, mm-hmm. "Pardon me, heaven. Which way to Mars?" Excuse. Oh no, my <laughs> name's Tanner. <laughs> Pleased to meet you. Who are you? I'm. Rick Andover, the most outrageous guy at Sweet Valley High, until I dropped out six months ago. Oh, did you like have a career opportunity or something came up? No, but I've got this eagle tattooed against the densely packed muscles of my forearm. Oh, cool. I have a um, tattoo of my dead cat here on my arm. Okay. (laughs) Hey, you, I'm driving you home. That is, unless your mommy warned you never to take rides from strangers. I would actually love that. Okay. Ride home. Wait. Actually, like, I don't know if you're up to anything, but I could stop for a drink. A Kelly's? Kelly's. The most dangerous bar in Sweet Valley? It's not that bad. (laughs) All right, you're on. Hey, hey, Rick, it's Sweet Valley. (laughs) Kelly's is not that bad. All right, you're on. Good. That felt good. That's what happened with Jess. Essentially... Um, Tanner, are you sure this is, I feel like you're, this is your last chance. This ship is going to sail. I'm what? This is your last chance. Do you want to be Sweet Valley Tanner? Cause I'm Sweet mm-hmm. Valley Jack. Sweet Valley Jack and Sweet Valley Tanner. No, Sweet Valley Jack and Tanner Greenring. Okay. Tanner Greenring? Yeah. I have to go put my child to bed. Okay. I have to go eat some dinner with my wife. All right. Let's Very reconvene quickly. in 15 minutes. Okay. All right. Goodbye. We're taking a break. We're sweeties. We're taking a break, sweeties. Stick around. And now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Um, a dilly dilly, my lord. (laughs) Oh, hey, it's Evil Jack here. I was just workshopping some of the most evil ways to start an ad spot. Evil Tanner couldn't make it today because he's busy trying to break his previous record for how many people he can tell that they should smile more in a 24-hour period. I just wanted to give you an update on our uh, evil company, BetterHelp, uh, where we help evil 
bettors to um, make small lucrative bets on extremely wicked outcomes. Uh, like, for instance, I bet that I can accidentally put my own bag on the weighing area of your self-checkout at the grocery store so you have to call someone over to make the machine work again. Well, basically, since you asked, it's going uh, pretty badly um, because apparently the name of our company sounds too much like the name of our sponsor, BetterHelp. See, it's pronounced completely differently. They're online therapy that will uh, pair you with a licensed therapist in no time at all. Um, and in addition to not even really sounding the same as our evil company, BetterHelp is easy to use, it's entirely online, and they are super flexible, so it's no problem to fit them into your own schedule, which is completely the opposite of how we do it. Anyway, everyone's saying that we shouldn't use the name, which causes me grief, anxiety, self-esteem, and LGBT matters. And to make matters worse, um, I can't even get therapy for this stuff because I don't believe that men need therapy because I'm evil. If you're ready uh, to give online therapy a try, though, all you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com Bedfellows today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Bedfellows. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Regular old Tanner Greenring. It's me, Sweet Valley Jack, joining you again. Hey, it's me, Tanner Greenring. Um, I want to talk to you about the factory and the garden. Okay. Is this a C.S. Lewis manuscript that someone just recently discovered? It's a conceit that Francine Pascal introduces in this novel sweet valley high number one double love that i found very interesting very clever you labeled it i think in our back and forth recap our tet a tet our tet a tet as a d plot and in some ways that's true though it is a plot that kind of brings all of the other plots together okay the sweet valley high school football field may not be their football go gladiators Go Gladiators. It may not be their football field for much longer because the Patmans and the Fowlers, the two richest families in town. Old money and new money. Are Antiqu- antiquity over. and modernity. The Fowlers want to build a factory over the football field. Yep. And the Patmans want to plant a formal Pac-Man's? English garden. 
Pat-mans. Are you saying Pac-mans? I'm saying Pat-mans. You've read this novel. Pac-mans? Why would I say Pac-mans? They want to build a pellet factory. <laughs> okay. All right, I'll allow it. It's haunted by ghosts. Okay, good, fine. All right, add some color. Yeah. What I think is fascinating is that the factory and the garden are these incredible representations in the text of these two forces of nature that are the Wakefield twins. Jessica Wakefield Tanner represents the factory, the iron march of progress. She's crass and effective. She's mercenary, but she's also ruthlessly utilitarian. But Elizabeth, on the other hand, goes the, way too far in the other direction. She represents a more elegant beauty. She's staged. She's repressed. She's delicate. She's safe. She ultimately, though, is still manufactured in the same way that the English country garden was in the 18th century. It's a classic tension like the tension between the 18th century with its uh, formal structures, its love of antiquity, and the Romantic era which is wild and abandoned and also brings in industry and industrialism, but also there's a danger there and a darkness. Okay, so sweeties, if you're new to the show and you're new to kind of our patter, this is the part of the podcast where Jack reads something that he has prepared. I didn't read that. In his notes. I did not read that off my notes. And expects you to engage... I expect and you to engage as my co-host. This expect is me to engage and you to be fascinated by it. Okay. Well, I'm halfway there. You think they're fascinated? Don't you think that's interesting? I think it's interesting. Sure. Okay. I thought it was like a... But then on top of that, you have this mediating influence that okay. is... Mr. Wakefield, that's Ned. That's the third part. Ned represents the school. He represents the beating heart of the school. The school that is in some ways alive. And they're not reading right now when you do that thing where you kind of, you're like, you were usually looking at me. Okay. But then when you start to say something, you like, you do this. I'm kinda, moving to my notes because go. I have a section in my notes called the school is alive. Okay. <laughs> and that's not pre-written. No, this isn't pre-written. This isn't. Fuck you. This is character assassination. This isn't. I haven't pre-written anything. I hate you. What? <laughs> you're the Jessica. You're a real fucking Jessica Wakefield right now. I thought you said I was Elizabeth earlier. Well, you're being a real Jessica right now because I did. I. I'm speaking from my heart. Okay. And you're. You've introduced this idea that I. Well, I wrote that down. It kind of seemed like that. Well, you I were glancing down in a way that made it seem like maybe you were reading something that had been pre-written. I, I'm looking at my notes. Yeah. If I were truly a Jess Wakefield, which I am not, hmm. I would find some way I would find some way to turn the blame back on you and make You've you feel that. bad. That's what you're doing. Why aren't we just talking about this interesting thing? I am just talking about this interesting thing. I am invested in this text. I'm just trying to keep the sweeties engaged over here. Okay. And entertained and okay. have fun well, with them. I've given you... Given it's you me up. and the sweeties against you right now, Jack. No, it's not. It's not. The sweeties were really interested. The factory and the garden. It's a beautiful metaphor for these it's two women. It's very beautiful. And I love it very much. And, I and think it's, it's also a brings metaphor. in the history of Augustan literature, like Pope and and Dryden, and like these. I guess Dryden isn't probably isn't. Augustan, I wish I it's like these like staid were, influences who are like who 
I have this neoclassical influence versus I figured it out, Jack. I figured the out the romantic, way to make it. which comes in and you have the more, the picturesque and Keats and Shelley and Byron and Southey to some extent and Wordsworth to some extent. Yeah. I figured out how to make how to twist this into a Jesse and manipulation of you. Okay. Fine. Great. Awesome. Oh, Jack, listen. I wish I were smart enough to engage you on this, yeah, but I wish, I wish that as well. I'm just not. I'm not smart enough, and you're making me feel really bad right now. Okay, that doesn't. Okay, okay, that seems accurate. That just seems like a real. That now we get to the the heart of the matter. I want to engage with you on this, and I would love to, and I would love to have some kind of like whippy, quippy, and witty back and forth about this like the factory in the garden that's so it seems like you're having so much fun and i love it and i love the energy you're bringing but like now you're belittled. i am just not smart enough to like get on that level with you fine fine the school is alive tanner okay now this is what i'm interested in Marianna straightened the legal papers on the table in front of her, then began to speak. She addressed the courtroom in a clear, strong voice, arguing eloquently that the football field was the heart of Sweet Valley High, as surely as the school building was its mind. Oh, yeah. Kind of gross, though, too. Like, football is nothing. Who cares? Like, fuck it. Fuck the football field. Put up a fucking... You know what sounds way better than a football field? A fucking English Victorian garden. garden. Yes. Yeah. It sounds really lovely. I'm with the Patmans on this. I'm with the Pac-Mans, too. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Let's see. The girls are cars? Girls are cars is fun. That's a fun segment. Mm Mm-hmm. So why didn't Todd know it? Tears of angry frustration filled her eyes. She decided she would walk home from school. Whenever she was out walking, she never failed to attract a good deal of attention from passing cars. Oh, okay. Now, I love this theory. We think the girls are cars, maybe. Yeah. Do you think maybe that... I have two theories here. Okay. Why are passing cars noticing her? I have two theories. Unless about she's that. also okay. Yeah, I think that either this takes place in the Cars universe, Disney Pixar's Cars universe. Yes, where everyone is a sentient car. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, this story is like a bridge narrative between our reality and the reality of the Cars universe. Okay. Oh, and you know what? Actually, might also be a part of that bridge narrative mm-hmm. is Stephen King's Maximum Overdrive. Oh, definitely. Uh, which I think the short story was maybe just called Trucks. Okay. And the film starring Emilio Estevez was called Maximum Overdrive. Okay. I think that's also part of this narrative. I think like Maximum Overdrive plus Francie and Pascal's Sweet Valley Valley High, High, number one, Mm -hmm. double love, is this bridge narrative between our reality and the reality of Cars, in which there are still humans, flesh and blood humans, Right. But there are also sentient cars. Right. So I think that Jessica Wakefield mm-hmm. is a human being, mm-hmm. beautiful young lady, yeah. who has caught the attention of, of passing cars. Sentient passing cars. Okay, that actually that makes a lot of sense. Okay, good. Good. And I'm excited yeah. to explore this further in the upcoming books, and I'm glad we found this theory right up top. Right. Well, because Francine put it there for us to find. Right. And, sorry, I said theory. Yeah. 
And what I meant was indisputable this fact. Indisputable fact in right. the text. Right. Good. That's yeah. a lot of fun. That's going to be fun to track. We'll have to keep an eye out for other sentient machines. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I can't wait to see what Francine and Kate William. Now, do we know whether or not Kate William penned all these books? Or... I don't know, man. Um, I think that this novel and maybe the series of novels is set in a dystopian America. Now, this would track with... Maximum overdrive time. Yes. It's kind of a Mad Maxi type of thing as well. Now, here's, let me read you this passage, Tanner. Yeah. I told him, Liz, I told him everything. I told him that it was me with Rick Andover at Kelly's, and he still invited me to the dance. This is bullshit, by the way, Jessica, because she's like. Is this still, are you still reading? No, this is me talking now. Okay. This is a gloss, this is all footnote for the sweeties. She tells Todd that it was her. It's like, oh, it wasn't Elizabeth. It was me. And Todd is like, oh, that's so sweet. You're defending your sister. I know that it was her. And then Jessica doesn't push back at all. This entire narrative, Jack, is built on a very frustrating premise for me, which is a lack of communication. Yeah. This whole book is built on a lack of communication. Like it's, It's built on misunderstandings, which are compounded by a lack of communication. Yeah. And it's a very cheap and... Tawdry narrative device. And it keeps happening. Todd keeps being like, Elizabeth, I need to talk to you. And he's going to like invite her to the dance. And then it's like, oh, the bell rang. The school bell is ringing. I must go. I must immediately go to fucking basketball practice or whatever. And it's like, dude, just fucking invite her to the dance. And then because of that, Elizabeth is still in living in a state of limbo about whether Todd's going to invite her or sister. And then that. Gets incredibly frustrating. Very frustrating. Anyway. Pascal, I know we're new friends. Francine. Francine. I keep thinking that you're talking about the French philosopher. Yeah. Okay. I am. No, I am. Okay. Yeah. Pascal, I think you would enjoy these books. Yeah. (laughs) I know they came centuries after your death. Yeah. Um, But they are, in many ways, they are Francine's pensée. Oh, yeah. No. (laughs) Totally. So you would relate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but Francine, we're close friends here. This was cheap and ineffective. This was you did a poor job. Okay, I told him, Liz. I told him everything. I told him that it was me with Rick Andover at Kelly's, and he still invited me to the dance. You told him, Jess. He knows it wasn't me. I told him everything, and he forgave me. He has to be the most wonderful boy in a hundred and thirty-seven states. <sighs> Let's talk about one thirty-seven. Okay. Okay, let's finish up your thought. You're saying this is a dystopian future. My thought is that this is not the America we know. No, there's 137 states. There's 137 states. Something's gone terribly wrong. There's been this massive bifurcation, probably a number of different civil wars within each state. And I assume we have annexed Canada. Oh, almost certainly. We have annexed Mexico. The entire country has come together. Under some probably authoritarian rule. The coasts are gone. So, so Sweet Valley Sweet Valley, yeah. is not in the California we know. No. Because the California we know is miles underwater. Yeah. No, it's in like Utah. It's somewhere in modern like Utah. Yeah. Yeah. It used to be a desert, but now it's like the water is creeping right up to the edges of it. 137, mm-hmm. Jack. Yes. And it's close neighbor 537. Okay. 
comes up over and over and over and Does over it? again in this book. Can Interesting. I read some passages? Please. Chapter three. <sighs> no big deal, Elizabeth said. They're talking about joining the sorority. Mm-hmm. Why is there a sorority in high school? We don't know. Unclear. Uh, it's the future. It's the future. Dystopian future. Got it. Cars coexist yeah. along humans. Yeah. Sororities at high schools. There's 137 states. No big deal, Elizabeth said. No big deal, Elizabeth? How can you say that? How can you even think it? You've got to be 737 kinds of idiot not to be excited about associating with the best girls at Sweet Valley High. Huh. What is wrong with you? Okay. That's my first piece of evidence. Evidence piece number two. again. Yeah. You told him, Jess? He knows it wasn't me? I told him everything, and he forgave me. He's got to be the most wonderful boy in 137 states. Right. Captured that one. Mm-hmm. Piece of evidence number three. Okay. For Pete's sake, Liz, not you too. Why can't anyone in this house mind their own business? That's um, Steve. This family has got to be the biggest bummer in 537 cities. Jessica exploded. Huh. One more. Elizabeth grinned down at her sister triumphantly. This is after the attempted drowning. You were right, Jesse. You certainly did look like me today. You planned this, she shrieked. You planned the whole rotten, mean, contemptible trick. I'll never forgive you. Not if I live to be 137 years old. What? What the fuck? Four instances. 737, 537, 137, and 137. Okay. Uh, don't bother, Jack. I already looked it up. You already Luke, looked it up. Luke, 137. Uh, okay, it's a bit For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Okay. That feels big. That feels big. Matthew 537. All you need to say is simply yes or no. Anything beyond this comes from the evil one. Okay. So there's the evil one, but we shouldn't fear because anything is possible if you just go on this journey. Right. Maybe Francine is signaling that anything is possible in these novels. Would you agree that Francine is the jesus figure of these books i assume so no certainly no character that's been introduced so far lives up to that unless, unless i could see actually i could see elizabeth be, as being kind of a christ figure i think bruce he had bruce is bad christ like because well, he's, he's a rich bad. tanner that's he's bad he's awful he invites bruce elizabeth doesn't to the do dance. anything bad he invites elizabeth to the dance and is like super pushy about it he invites us to the dance because he thinks she's fast. Oh, yeah. What does he say? He says something cool to her. He's, You're fast, he says. <laughs> That's not cool. That's not a cool thing to say. Okay, here's an interaction between Bruce, Elizabeth, and Winston Egbert. This was actually another mark in the pro-Winston column. Yeah. If this anything. Is, this is pro. So I think we love Winston. Maybe he's our Christ figure. We're going to get back to 137, figure. sweeties. Don't worry about it. We probably won't. We might not today, but this is some real shit. Yeah. 37. Yes. Recurs. Yes. Okay. Listen to this interaction between Bruce, Elizabeth, and Winston. Well, 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 Bruce said to Elizabeth, if it isn't Roadhouse Rhoda, 
Okay. Because she went to Kelly's Tavern. She didn't, but he thinks she did. Yeah, right. That's cool. That is almost as cool as uh, Rick Andover saying, Hey, Heavenly, which way to Mars? Hey, Heaven, which way to Mars? Hey, Heaven, which way to Mars? Later in the book, he refers to the twins as Heaven and Heavenly. Yeah. He's like shit-faced. Oh, there's a whole... The climax of this novel, sweeties, Oh, my is God. It's incredible. Rick Andover kidnaps the girls and oh. takes them on a like drunken joyride, and That's Todd amazing. steps in, and they get in a fucking fist fight in the middle of the street. With Todd. With Todd, yeah. Oh. But uh, does Rick think that heaven is a planet? <laughs> hey, Uranus, which way to Mars? Yeah. There's <laughs> a much worse pickup line. Hey, heaven. Hey, heaven. Do you want to, Can we just tease it apart? Hey, heaven, which way to hell? No. Because I'm a bad boy. So, heaven, so, okay. So, hey, heaven, which way to purgatory? Because I'm an un- unbaptized baby. <laughs> he sees Jessica and he, he thinks she's the incarnation of heaven itself yes and the first thing he thinks when he sees her is not like hey heaven how do I get into you a, a good but aggressive yeah pickup line he says hey the planet heaven yes which you are in this conceit yes I'm actually not looking for you. Right. I'm looking for a different, probably girl, another planet that you may have heard of called Mars. Can you direct me? Right. Because I would like to get into her. Yeah, because I'm trying to. I'm trying to be the first man to fly to Mars. Oh, okay. Now yeah. that's good again. Now. Yeah. <laughs> and I think his whole thing is like he's a bad boy, and he knows he can't get into heaven. He can't, I can't. I couldn't get it to heaven. So it's. I am going to try for. I'm the pivot. So here's the thing, Jack. Yeah, you're obviously not familiar with the Bible. Okay, but when you die, yeah, or the works of like Dante or anyone else, yeah. when you die, mm-hmm. your soul leaves your body. Yeah, and it goes to one of four places. Yeah, the inferno. Uh huh. Where you are damned to spend eternity suffering. Yeah. Um, Purgatorio, uh-huh. unbaptized babies. Uh-huh. Paradiso, 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 uh-huh. Mars. <laughs> okay, okay, <laughs> that's one of three. The planet four, four. The, the planet oh, Mars, Mars is, is number four. One of the four planes. That's where they go in the Cars universe. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Okay, Rick Andover's a car. <laughs> okay, he's a Camaro. He's a Camaro, and he's got an eagle on his hood. Okay. And he's worried about the nature of his eternal soul. Right. So he sees Jessica, and he says, oh, hey, heaven. I can't get into heaven because I am a car. Yeah. But. Can you direct me to Mars? My heaven, car's heaven. Which he's using metaphorically. Because she's going to take him to car heaven. Hell yeah. She doesn't. But she doesn't. She denies his advance. She gets upset. Even Jessica is like, this sucks. Yeah, they get kicked out of the bar. Rick Andover starts a fight. I was reading a Winston Egbert passage. Well, 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 Bruce said to Elizabeth, "If it isn't Roadhouse Rhoda, I don't know, Bruce. I just don't think Roadhouse Rhoda is that cool. I, if I were Elizabeth, I would be like, okay, dude. Yeah, what does that mean? What is that? Let's yeah. pause here. But she doesn't. Elizabeth froze. Listen, 
I never thought you were such a fast number until now. <laughs> what? What? Now wait. <laughs> Does he think she's a car? He must. Fast number. He means like a fast car. Yeah, that's what he thinks. I Maybe she is. Yeah, we don't need to. We don't Tracy sing Chapman. on this podcast. I think we might. I don't think so. I never thought you were such a fast number until now. But from what I hear, I've decided you're my type. I'd like to take you to the dance. Is that so, Elizabeth Snap? Fucking Elizabeth. That's the best you can do? Yeah. Come on. Tell this guy to eat a dick. She's got nothing. Is that so, Elizabeth snapped? Sure. I can't stand most of these wimpy girls. We could put in an appearance at the dance, then head for some place where we can have some real fun. I heard you were a fast car. Uh, fast. Fa- I heard you're a fast car. Fast number. <laughs> yeah. I heard you were a fast number, Bruce says. My yeah. response, I'm Elizabeth. Yeah. Oh, really? I heard you were pretty slow to rise, and you kind of... Oh, that's good. Gesture down to his... That's a bread ding dong. Yeah, good. Yeah. I heard you were pretty slow to rise. Yeah. That's good. Meaning he can't get, like, an erection. But he get there eventually. Maybe. It just takes a while. Yeah. That's good. But she says, is that so? Yours is better. Mine is much better. Yeah. Hey, I heard you were a fast car. So then Bruce suggests that they go somewhere, which I think is probably Miller's point, someplace where we can have some real fun. Right. And you think that's having lip intimacy. Real fun. We don't know. I think they get out of there, right? Yeah. They go work at a convenience store. Okay. They save a little bit of money. Mm. Okay. They won't have to drive too far, just across the border and into the city. Yeah. And then they both can get jobs. Okay. Yeah. Finally see what it means to be living, you know? Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Um, now listen to this. Listen to verse three of Tracy Chapman's Fast Car. Okay, see, my old man's got a problem. He lives with a bottle. That's the way it is. I say his body's too old for working. His body's too young to looking like his. Wait, so do you think that this is Betsy Martin's story? I think this might be Betsy Martin's story. This is Betsy Martin's story. Tracy Chapman's wow. Fast Car. Wow. Is the story of Betsy Martin. When did it come out, Fast Car? Oh, boy. That's a good question. You Googling? Yeah, I'm Googling. 88. 88. That's perfect. So she, she had four years to internalize this. <laughs> that's, well, how, that's how long good art that's takes. How, that's how long good art. That's exactly how long good art takes. And then she wrote. the story of a tertiary character and a called Betsy Martin. Young adult novel. Yeah. She's been you doing drugs for years. It. it takes place in this universe in which half the people are people and half the people are cars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you internalize that and you turn it into Tracy Chapman's fast you car. Turn it into magic. Okay, I've got to finish reading this passage. He calls her Roadhouse Rhoda. She misses the bread, the bread joke. Is that so? Sure, I can't stand most of these wimpy girls. We can put it in an appearance at the dance and head for some place where we can have some real fun. All the pent-up fury suddenly burst from Elizabeth. All the anguish and the hurt and the pain caused by the snickering and whispering and innuendo spilled out. Bruce Pac-Man, I'd rather stay home for the rest of my life than go anywhere with you. Good. It's just not that good. She's not that good at it. She's bad at it. Rodas Rodas is not great, but her thing is worse. Luckily, Winston Egbert steps in. But as a matter of fact, I have a date, she says. Yeah, who with? Says Bruce. 
me. Yes. This is actually before she's asked him out. Yeah. This so is when it happens. This is how he gets the date. Yeah. Me. So Elizabeth was was just making up that she had Oh, a sweeties. I wish you could see the character that Jack inhabits <laughs> when he switches over to this uh, Winston Egbert. He shakes his he shakes his little cheeks. <laughs> me. <laughs> we. Elizabeth spun around. There stood Winston Eckbert, looking shocked at the sound of his own voice. You? Bruce Patman laughed. Pac-Man. You're the joke of the school. Yeah? Well, maybe I'm a joke, but you're an insult. Good. Now that's good. That's fucking great. To say that to Bruce Patman, too, the richest guy in Sweet Valley? Yeah. Elizabeth, take a page out of fucking Winston... Egbert's book. He's yeah. good at this shit. He's so good at this. All right, this is Sweet Valley Jack signing off. And I'm Tanner Greenring. Not a lot of to-do in the outro here. Yeah. If you were a fan of our old show, The Babysitter's Club Club, mm-hmm. please go pick up some merch at bit.ly slash merch. If you are new to us, yeah, I encourage you to go listen to our entire back catalog of the Babysitters Club Club. We have actually recorded several hundred episodes of a podcast before. I'm and assuming I... most of you have come along from that, so this is weird. If you're new, though, don't be surprised if the next episode is back to the Babysitters Club. Yeah, because we're still churning through those super specials, right? Super now. special books. Yeah. Eventually, I guess we'll find an outro sign off, huh? <sighs> Oh, we got to do an outro? We didn't have an intro. Yeah, but like you have to have a sign-off. Um, Maybe I'm a world-class marshmallow. That's something that Elizabeth says. Mm. No, I don't want that to be our sign-off. There could be a telethon f- just for all the things that are wrong with me. That's funny. That's what Jess- Jessica's got a real good sense of humor. I don't think we have a sign-off, sweeties, except to say thanks for joining us. I'm Sweet Valley Jack. I'm Tanner Greenring. Good night. Good night. No, next week we're reading um, book Not number- next week. No, sorry, next time. Eventually we will be reading another book. Uh, next week we're reading a book called Secrets. Oh, that sounds dangerous. It is, and I think it's going to be what Enid's secret is. Mmm, weenie. Weenie. Anyway, um, good night. Good night. I love you. Me? Do you want to talk about the Star Wars stuff? Sure. They mention it once. I just wanted to get a sense of what scene Francine is mentioning here. Between classes, the halls of Sweet Valley High resembled the battle scene from Star Wars, with bodies hurtling in all directions, accompanied by collisions and dropped books. It was while Elizabeth was picking up hers that Jessica raced by, wearing a smile brighter than California sunshine in July. So Star Wars, there she's talking about New Hope.
Mm. Right? Battle scene with bodies flying everywhere. Yeah. I can think of maybe the intro. I don't think it's the intro. It's got to be the end. But that's a space battle. Yeah. Do bodies fly at all in that? I mean, I guess Jack Porkins gets... Yeah, a bunch of Rogue Squadron gets blown up. And a bunch of TIE Fighter pilots. Could be the movie where Anakin Skywalker kills all those younglings. Bodies certainly would have flown about in that It's not Phantom Menace. She could be. No. In 84. She probably read the treatments, right? Yeah, okay, yeah. She read the Journal of the Wills. Yeah. Could be the battle on Kashyyyk between the clone troopers and the Wookiees. (sighs) Could have been the battle of Geonosis. What is it? Maybe it's when they implement Rule uh, sixty six, Order sixty six, Order sixty six. Could have been that. So you think it's definitely from the prequels? Return of the Jedi came out that year, so yeah, yeah. this is fresh on everyone's mind. So you know what it probably was was yeah. Battle of Endor. Battle of Endor. Okay, she's talking about Ewok bodies. Right, that makes sense. Okay, well that's awkward. So every day in school is like the Battle of Endor. That was a headgum podcast. <laughs>